Welcome to a special presentation of Behind the Page, where we at Marvel vs. Marvel revisit the comic book histories of some of your favourite Marvel characters. If you're joining us for the first time, each and every episode of MVM is packed with this kind of history and trivia as we explore the Marvel movies and the comic books that inspired them. we leap into the the movie itself and press play it's worth taking a look at at the history of this character who will is really unique for a couple of reasons i mean first of all uh he's a jigsaw character which we'll get to <laughs> nobody <laughs> sat down on day one and went i have fully conceived this character wholly and originally that didn't happen Okay. He's also, I mean, he, he's not created by Stan Lee. Ooh. Let's just have a quick think about the movies. We've, the only other non-Stan Lee character who's fronted a movie that we've looked at on our journey has been Blade. So ah, that's yes, another yes, little yes. similarity there. And of course they're both supernatural characters as well and they do have a history which I don't think we'll have time to cover in this one. But yes, this is a, a not, not a Stan Lee creation. Which which makes it a standout in you know in in the ones we we look at. Oh, of course, Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy mm. wasn't a Stan Lee creation. That's another one. Okay. Um, you know what? You crank out seventeen, eighteen of these. You start to forget where you've been. <laughs> <laughs> he's also he's also not a New York Manhattan based um, hero character, which is what we get. All the Marvel classics in the sixties mm. were all Manhattan based. You know, the Avenge every member of the Avengers and then them all as a team. And yes, Thor goes to Asgard, but generally to begin with, he's Doctor Donald Blake. <laughs> yeah. Manhattan Man- Man- Manhattan Doctor. Um and this is one who instead of instead of uh, you know, you could always say, haven't you got any characters that aren't based in New York? And Stan would say, yes, he's based in the mystical city of Asgard. That's not <laughs> what we meant, Stan. <laughs> Is there any other city in, in America you can base a character? And and Dada, uh, Ghost Rider is very much that kind of character. He is not... He's West Coast. Yeah. He he's darts around, I think... The, the the mid south and then he's all west coast a hell of a lot in in california um his creation was under dispute for several years and wh- whilst that's weird it does mean that thankfully uh there's some court testimony which has really <laughs> really put together a, a bit of a fleshed out full picture of of um of ghost rider uh 1972 writer Gary Friedrich was working on Daredevil and he pitched the idea of a supernatural evil Knievel mm. called Ghost Rider to become one of Daredevil's villains. Um, he, he was working on an already established 
daredevil supervillain called Stuntmaster, who is a stunt riding <laughs> motorcycle villain. And he thought he basically sort of sat Roy Thomas down, uh, who was the editor of Daredevil at the time, and said, "This is terrible, but what if we set his head on fire, and he was uh, <laughs> called Ghost Rider, and this is what he, this is what he'd be." Um, Friedrich had been inspired by motorcycle movies like The Wild One and Easy Rider as mm. well, and had spent time in in California where the motorcycle scene was really vibrant in, in the late 60s and the early 70s. Um, and he he kind of took that and ended up as kind of a a hippie in, in, in the village in, in New York writing all these comic books. And in 1971, he created a black-and-white horror comic for a small publisher. That was called Hell Rider. And it was ah. about a disenfranchised Vietnam War veteran with uh, terrifying powers who could, who rode a motorcycle and shot flames from the motorcycle to burn alive the bad guys. Which is kind of you know the horror comics were very much about murdering and dismembering <laughs> you know gang members and stuff. Exactly. Um, Seventy one is also the same year. That Evil Knievel is kind of probably at the height of his popularity. The mm. biopic that, well, is it a biopic because he made it? The movie about him that he pretty much made came out um, and he sets world records for jumping the most amount of cars ever and he sells out football stadiums. Mm. Like, like proper tens of thousands of seat football arenas, um, stadiums, sorry, to come and see Evil Knievel. So Friedrich combined some of the ideas from Hellrider with Evil Knievel and with the growing popularity of Marvel's supernatural characters. Go back and check out the Blade episode for the, for the kind of the, the brief history of, of horror comics in America and what happened when Marvel found a way to sanitize these supernatural characters to get them approved by the Comics Code Authority. The early 70s, they're starting to see a lot of success with that. Mm. He puts that all together to create this this character, Ghost Rider. Friedrich's very close friends with Roy Thomas, who had become Stanley's right-hand man. We talked about him in Age of Ultron. He's kind of the guy that almost takes over from Stan on every comic. He, he takes over on X-Men, he takes over on the Avengers and does an awful lot of things. He would eventually kind of take over as one of the top editors at the company. Um, and in fact, I think he becomes editor-in-chief at, at one point. And Roy Thomas Roy Thomas and, and, and uh, Friedrich, they lived together for a large number of years. They were, they were housemates, roommates. They, they go back a long time. And he takes a look at Gary's design, and, and not design, but his idea for Ghost Rider. And he says, this is just far too good to be a throwaway daredevil villain. <laughs> I think this should be its own series. Let's go and pitch it to Stan Lee. Hmm. So Stan gives the go-ahead after after hearing the the idea, and they give uh, the character and and and, and Friedrich a, a seven-issue tryout story hmm. in a comic book series called Marvel Spotlight. Okay, uh, Marvel Spotlight is an anthology series used to introduce new characters and gauge their popularity. Okay, it was a five-issue series, a five-issue little story arc. How did it sell? It didn't sell well. Let's mm. put the character to bed. Next, move on. Spider-Woman got her start there. 
Um, and it had a run of success with things like Werewolf by Night, which had been so successful it got its own Marvel series. Um, Son of Satan got its own series. Moon Knight um, got its own series off the back of Marvel Spotlight as well. Now, the seven-issue run needed an artist, and we get Mike Plug entering the scene. Plug, P-L-O-O-G, Plug. If you're listening to this, even if you've never read a comic book in your life, I bet that you have experienced the art of Mike Plug in one way or another. So just you take a minute here, Will, to have a think about this. You've never read okay. a Marvel comic book. I doubt you've ever actually seen Mike Plug's artwork in any comic book that you might have come across, but I think you've experienced his art one way or another. Mike Plug okay. did layout work for Hanna-Barbera on ah. Scooby-Doo and Wacky Races. He did storyboarding and design work for John Carpenter's The Thing, for Ooh. Superman 2, Little Shop of Horrors, Dark Crystal, Labyrinth, some post-production stuff on Ghostbusters. Um, and so his his impact, really, I mean, you, you, if you get a certain generation or two generations there... They have definitely experienced some of his art in one way or another in terms of putting these movies together and laying things out. There's a bit of contention with the Ghost Rider creation over who came up with the idea of a flaming skull for the design. Hmm. Um, But whatever the case, it kind of doesn't matter because it wasn't an original design anyway. Um, There's already... A Marvel, well, a, t- a t- timely comics with a predecessor to, to Marvel hmm. before the sixties already had a superhero who looks exactly like the Ghost Rider, called the Blazing Skull. He's a nineteen forty one World War Two era superhero who has a skull that's on fire and a costume, and he shoots fire out and he fights Nazis, and it is. Exactly the same in terms of the design. So, um, the Ghost Rider run in Marvel Spotlight is so popular. In in 1973, he gets his own comic book series, Ghost mm. Rider, and has a, a, a decent 10-year run. Um, he did, of course, join the single greatest superhero team of all time, our favourite superhero team, the Champions uh, the champions, of course, are the very natural pairing of Angel and Iceman from the X-Men, <laughs> the Russian spy Black Widow, <laughs> the supernatural evil Knievel Ghost Rider, and Hercules, the Greek god. What well, They just make so much sense when you think about it. <laughs> the Greek god so he, really ties the joins... room together. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Mwah! He joins this superhero team uh, riding around California. They're the only superheroes on the West Coast. Um... But by 1983, uh, the Ghost Ghost Rider comic book is is wrapped wrapped up and cancelled. No more Johnny Blaze. No more Ghost Rider. Mm. Uh, and then in the 1990s, Marvel launches a brand new Ghost Rider. No more Evil Knievel. No more Stunt Rider. No more Harley Davidsons. This new Ghost Rider drives a bike more in line with. The souped-up, high-tech '90s motorcycles, the Suzukis, the Yamahas, yeah. yep. the Kawasaki's, 
they were all the rage at that time. Mm. Um, you know, I, I live in a medium-sized town. We had two of those, <laughs> of those, you know, Japanese motorbike shops. Um, where it was, it was it, in the nineties, man. That was a real, that was a really, really deeply popular kind of thing. In, yeah. in, in many, messed the same way, I guess that kind of the Harley Davidson style bikes probably were the easy rider style bikes were i guess in the 70s mm. um this this 90s ghost rider man he's a huge hit he, he comes yeah. around during the 90s comic book boom he sells millions of, of cop- copies he, he he hits at the perfect time when marvel are realizing there's this collector boom that gestated with the death of superman comic book series where idiots thought that they could buy lots of copies of a comic book and it would be worth something in the future Mm. which makes sense if it was action comics number one or whatever because they didn't print many of them (laughs) (laughs) but this is when dc are printing millions honestly people were buying pallets will pallets of the issue of death of superman it came in a it came in a a, um, a sealed bag that hmm. they wouldn't open, and ge- they generally thought they were being, they were speculating on a market and they were going to be worth something. <laughs> Idiots! Um, but it, but it created this big boom, and Image Comics kind of rided this crest, and Ghost Rider as well. Ghost Rider, like they had these foil front covers to the comic with a hologram on the foil, so it was just Ghost Rider's skull. And as you tilt and move the cover, the hologram changes, and you can see the flames on his skull move and dance. Mm. And things like that, plus the popularity of a lot of the elements it's touching on, like Ghost Rider in the 90s was absolutely massive. It spawned, it, it breathed new light into pretty much all of Marvel's forgotten supernatural characters that had dropped off in the 80s. Um, and we talked about that in the Blade episode as well. You know, Blade kind of again vanishes towards the end of the seventies and the start of the eighties, and eventually, nineties Ghost Rider spawns an entire line of supernatural horror themed superhero books that all tie in together under the Midnight Suns banner. And and Ghost Rider became so popular that Marvel thrust him into their animated world. Oh yeah, Fox's super popular Spider Man <clears throat> Spider Man cartoon series created a a multi part story that would see Spider Man team up with Ghost Rider to fight Dormammu, who you might remember from the Doctor Strange movie. Yes, um, Dormammu. That was all geared Dorma- up Dormammu. to go. Yeah, yeah, that was all geared up to go. But Fox pulled the plug on that because uh, rival cable network. UPN began to develop a Ghost Rider cartoon series so Fox <laughs> did not want to give life to something that would end up on a competitor's you know, channel so they axed that but instead Ghost Rider appeared um, in the Fantastic Four cartoon hmm. where he beats Galactus um, in a moment that has gone viral several times in the last couple of years, uh, not couple of years last ten years, that clip of Ghost Rider defeating Galactus, um, I guess, as that generation that saw it then became older now, started to you know share and share and share it, and then UPN introduced Ghost Rider in their Incredible Hulk cartoon series, 
and there's a story arc there which acted as a backdoor pilot so that you know UPN could commission um, Ghost Rider's own own series on the back of it that didn't come to light um, unfortunately never got picked up um, and similarly mid 90s Ghost Rider video game was virtually completed Oh, but then hello. the video game company making it uh, went out of business or stopped making video games or or something like that. He made a handful of cameos in Marvel video games in the nineties, mm. but he never you know, some of those games where you can bring on a character to assist you in a side scroller. I was about um, to say, I, I haven't seen him in a Lego game yet. I'm gonna no, I'm gonna have a quick search now, see if is, I can find him. But I mean this was the nineties. I can I can tell you, Will, you don't have to look for it. I've done my research. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you don't right. have to look for it yourself. Um, but he's he's in the is if you want to go beyond this movie, which we're not supposed to do, he does turn up in the um, Ultimate Alliance video games as mm. playable characters. And the, the first thing that happened though is he gets a video game as a direct sequel to this movie. Oh, and it features a cutscene story by Garth Ennis. Oh, and it features Blade as a playable character for the first time. Oof. Um. That's nice. I'm told the gameplay isn't amazing, but but there we go. So, that is really why we have a 2007 Ghost Rider movie. It's mainly because of the 90s version of Ghost Rider, who is not Johnny Blaze. But that character wouldn't have come about without Johnny Blaze, who wouldn't have come about <laughs> without Hell Rider, who wouldn't have come about We've got more to do. Does when I say <laughs> that Ghost Rider is a jigsaw character made of all these different pieces, a, a flaming skull from a different character, um, and uh, and and elements of Hell Rider, it, I, I, we're not going to do it right now. But as we get into it, his name is not even his name. Oh, I was so. going to say when you said he's a jigsaw character, I thought you meant he's like Jigsaw from Saw because he has a scary white face and is constantly on a bike. <laughs> but no but no thanks for joining us as we revisit some of our favourite moments from Marvel vs Marvel don't forget our full length episodes are jam packed with hours of Marvel trivia behind the page, behind the scenes and comic book Marvel history Marvel